Hi, I'm Gavin Givanoni. I'm the Professor of Neurology at Barts and the London School of Medicine and Dentistry. And today I'm doing a research post reviewing a article that comes from uh, Scotland. And I'm using it to highlight a uh, message I've been trying to get through to the MS community now for close to a decade about how important time is in the management of multiple sclerosis. And I question why we in the UK should accept suboptimal care. <clears throat> what the Scottish study shows that if you look very carefully, you'll find that a large number of people uh, very early in the course of their disease have uh, hidden disabilities. In fact, the figure is close to 40%, and they're referring to things such as depression, anxiety, fatigue, sleep problems, cognitive impairment, and pain. My knee-jerk response to this, are these really hidden? Uh, yeah, they're hidden from the eye. You don't see them, but they're quite detectable by simply asking people with multiple sclerosis the right questions and assessing the function of their nervous system using standard questionnaires or techniques. So no, these, in my opinion, aren't hidden. They should be looked for. What I did find quite remarkable about the population of uh, patients they presented is that uh, over a quarter of them, 26% in fact, were on antidepressants. Almost 20%, one in five, were unemployed. Uh, over a third of them had difficulties with motor functioning, uh, as well as balance in coordination, double vision or swallowing problems at presentation and one in eight had bladder or bowel problems at onset. So this population of people with multiple sclerosis um, has a quite a large burden uh, of damage um, as a result of either the, what I would call the asymptomatic phase of the disease uh, or uh, from their first attack or attacks uh, before they were diagnosed. And that's where the problem lies, because the average time to diagnosis from symptom onset in this group of people with multiple sclerosis was 18 months, a year and a half. This is completely unacceptable, because we now know that the, the disease uh, tends to imprint very early on in the course of the disease. So in other words, disease activity um, that occurs within the first two to five years, but particularly in the first two years, really dictates the long-term prognosis of multiple sclerosis. Now, these people are not only waiting 18 months for diagnosis, they're probably waiting time after that to get off to the disease-modifying therapy. And I know that they didn't give us the exact figures in this paper about how long these people waited to start treatment, but I know from other studies done in the United Kingdom that the average time to go on to treatment varies between about two months and nine months, and that depends on the kind of services patients receive. So if you go into a specialist MS center, get diagnosed and managed in the center, you typically get on to treatment within about two, two months. However, if you go to what we would call a district general or a small hospital where there isn't an MS service, you then get diagnosed there and have to get referred into a specialist center, and that takes time to occur. And in some of the national audits that have been done, some people have to wait up to nine months to get onto a treatment uh, after diagnosis. So not only is there a delay in getting diagnosed of 18 months, I suspect the time to get onto treatment is going to be uh, 20 to 24 months, so about a two-year delay on average. And these will cost people uh, brain and spinal cord. There is no doubt that they'll be having ongoing inflammatory activity
relapses. And who knows, some of these patients may have catastrophic attacks during that period of time that leave them significantly uh, disabled. Now, these delays are the main reason why um, I and my colleagues produced the so-called Brain Health Time Matters Policy Document. We published this, uh, you know, almost seven years ago. And it was to try and create uh, the, the, a carrot and a stick to sort out the unnecessary and unacceptable delays in the diagnosis and management of multiple sclerosis. We've taken this uh, further. Um, we've even produced quality standards um, that were derived by international consensus. And the core standard is that you should get diagnosed within two months of symptoms onset, and you should be then offered a treatment within another two months, so maximum four months from symptom onset to treatment. Now, that is clearly not happening in the NHS, and there's a whole lot of reasons why it's not happening due to systemic problems, under-resourcing, not enough staff, increasing incidence of MS, etc. And we really do need to do something about this. Um, what can we do? Well, I think we need to lobby government to provide increasing resources and maybe to get them to create a, um, a national initiative to get MS managed more aggressively. I mean, this is ha has happened in other areas. In neurology, it's happened in stroke, for example. Uh, a stroke now is, uh, we have these things called uh, HASUs, uh, you know, uh, hyperacute stroke units, which have completely transformed the management of stroke. Uh, in oncology, we have the two-week waiting list initiative. In other words, from referral from a GP to an oncology unit, patients have to be seen and diagnosed within two weeks. Um, we have it in other conditions like rheumatoid arthritis and on and on. So all it requires is some political will uh, of the government. And once we have the will and the resources are put in place, we could do this. And I would urge you, if you can, uh, to help lobby uh, via the MS societies, other MS organizations, um, uh, so we can get this, um, uh, uh, what I would call a policy initiative at a healthcare system level to speed up the management uh, of multiple sclerosis. We are taking this to another level. We actually uh, about at our center to start a trial called the Attack MS trial. Professor Klaus Schmier, my colleague, is the principal investigator on that. And what we're te basically testing is the initiation of a high-efficacy therapy like natalizumab within two weeks of onset, comparing it to delayed access to the drug after two months. And we actually do think that time, I'm talking about weeks, matter in the management of multiple sclerosis. If this trial is positive, it will hopefully catalyze this uh, active approach to managing MS rather than this passive, just let the system sort out people with the disease. Um, I'd be interested to know that if you had any experiences yourself in delayed access to treatment because of various aspects around the management of your uh, multiple sclerosis. Um, I think what's important is in the study, um, they did show that uh, although they only had quite a short period of time on disease-modifying treatment, that people that were on were put onto high-efficacy DMTs, mainly fingolimod and oral cladribine, uh, were more likely to have reversal of these hidden symptoms. In other words, they, they had improvements, whereas those on the other DMTs didn't. Uh, and this is another maybe uh, example of why maybe we should be flipping the pyramid and getting rid of so-called, uh, you know, the moderately less effective platform of first-line therapies uh, and moving to high-efficacy therapies first-line. I think the evidence now is overwhelming that on average, people who are given 
high-efficacy therapies early. Uh, the first line will get access to them very early and do much better than those who have delayed access to high-efficacy therapies. And in this particular group of patients in Scotland, you know, about uh, one in five uh, were started on, a, on an injectable, other interferon or clitoromacetate. And I personally think with the current evidence base uh, emerging as it is, you know, we probably should be bypassing those in the majority of people now uh, and moving on to more effective therapies uh, first line. Uh, those drugs, they did their job. They triggered a massive treatment of multiple sclerosis, but we really have uh, moved on in terms of the effectiveness um, uh, of disease-modifying therapies uh, in MS. So maybe they should be assigned to the history books um, and only used in a very small number of patients where they can't take other therapies, and those are the only ones they could take for various reasons. Anyway, this particular newsletter generates a whole lot of issues uh, around the proactive management of MS. And I think it needs a lot of discussion, debate, and deep thought about how we reignite, you know, the the community to try and address this. You know, prior to COVID nineteen and my accident, when I had to take off time and re re redesign my workload, we had this uh, raising the bar initiative where we were trying to get all the MS centres in the country to put in place. Um, various measures to try and improve and speed up the management uh, of MS. Um, I think now that the COVID-19 pandemic is uh, in the tail end uh, and resources are being freed up, maybe we should revisit this initiative and try and uh, stimulate uh, MS centres to um, at least apply via business case applications for more resources to uh, improve the diagnostic and treatment pathway of people with multiple sclerosis. It's the least we can do considering uh, what we know about MS. Finally, um, as you know, I would like you to all to become, or if you can afford it, to become paid subscribers. I really do need the income from this uh, MS selfie to uh, obviously support this initiative, but to, to use the money to create a, a microsite where all the information I put on this is curated and easy, for, and easy to use for people with multiple sclerosis. Um, I am at the moment employing a part-time medical writer and a website developer who are putting together the MS Selfie website. And we hope to launch that by the end of the summer, at least in the beta form uh, with most of the core knowledge core information that comes via MSLF on the site. And obviously this will be a, um, an initiative that will grow over time and maybe we'll be able to bring on other writers and other people in time. Anyway, if you, if you do uh, have any questions, please ask uh, uh, and uh, I'll try and answer them.